0: Today, we're gonna take a look at a report from New Frontier Data on the Global Cannabis Report with growth and trends through 2025. I believe they have um, uh, 10 to 12 different countries that they're reporting on. We're gonna cover uh, just one of those and then we'll put a link to the show notes in case you're interested, but giving a complete global cannabis report coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge, I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. So in the last couple of years since New Frontier Data's last global market outlook, cannabis has undergone a sea of change in liberalization, normalization, and commercialization, with two broad themes fueling that expansion for legal cannabis globally, which is growing acceptance of the plant's therapeutic value, and then a recognition of the industry's potential as a catalyst for economic growth. We saw in December, 2020, with the United Nations voting to reschedule cannabis and also asking uh, World Health Organization and UN to um, remove CBD entirely from the schedule of narcotic drugs. So kind of an important step to acknowledge that the global um, uh, feel for uh, cannabinoids is is becoming uh, more positive and less um, focused on, you know, gangs and violence that's a lot of south america's got that um that imagery and so to try to get more therapeutics behind it has taken a while but definitely uh driving force behind all of that so we're seeing some uh, legalization and and tailwinds behind that kind of affecting although new zealand narrowly failed despite having a strong backing by the country's prime minister Morocco's latest legislature passed a cannabis bill. Uh, Malta just became the first EU country to legalize. We're seeing um, Afghanistan getting cannabis from Germany. We're gonna report on that because I find that really fascinating. Um, So we're seeing it's illegal, right? A lot of parts of the world, but self-reporting usage is rising due to a lot of factors. So pandemic you saw a lot of people like in in, uh, parts of France completely shut down alcohol sales uh, and I think that really heightened the awareness of CBD and other cannabinoids like THC so as mentioned with COVID kind of increasing the use of cannabis at least in the U.S. reporting uh, cannabis users reporting using more for all kinds of stress stress anxiety um, the work from home and then um, not being able to go out with social gatherings so increasing the usage so driving retail sales 35 percent higher for the year than previously forecasted north america is still at the epicenter of the global cannabis economy accounting for 97 percent of legal sales in 2020 with uh canada um canada beat the us with the fully market rollout but the 38 us states that have legalized medical or adult use uh, are home to a population that's six times the size of canada So it doesn't even really compare when it comes down to, you know, revenues and how much uh, the U.S. is. And that's why you're seeing a lot of Canadian companies come down here and acquire U.S. companies is because uh, their peaks, their their stock prices are already pretty bloated in terms of the speculation. Um, uh, A lot of these companies just aren't really generating the revenue to support that. And I think um, the hedge for them is to come into the U.S. and, and start acquiring some companies. So we've seen um, Europe, kind of their more laissez-faire attitude towards cannabis, uh, you know, with the exception of Netherlands, Portugal decriminalizing all drugs, but they're slowly transitioning to uh, regulation. So Germany um, announcing that they're going to legalize as well. Uh, I would imagine the Netherlands will be right behind them. And then the UK will get FOMO and, and try to, drive in some tourism and revenue. Germany does have a lot of clout though. So being the largest economy in the EU, when they legalize, they're going to create some uh, policies there and then people will easily be able to kind of copy that, say, and point to Germany and say, well, they're doing it. So if they elect those um, pro-cannabis mandates, then that's going to encourage other political candidates in other countries to kind of leverage that policy and uh, propel cannabis into uh eu legalization so i've said before follow the money so uh, in terms of legalization, it's not going to be about the therapeutic benefits. It's going to be about the revenue potential. And so investors are kind of that uh, bellwether to know whether or not it's going to work out. And like I've mentioned, with kind of an e-commerce standpoint and Uber delivery, uh, when big companies get in and there's no backlash, better believe that other companies are coming in. Pfizer with their $6 billion acquisition. Um it's just going to keep on happening at, at stupid values that, that have been mentioned. That stupid money will be coming in. So, first half of 2021 I already saw almost $8 billion in cannabis deals. So, investors are coming into the space, looking at the US, probably um, primarily, but of course, looking all over the place. So, every sector saw investments, whether it was production, processing, retail. Average deal since 2017, it's three times larger. So 24 million um, from 7.4 million. So average deal size is also tenfold. Average deal size is 47 million up from 4.9. And it's crazy too, because you're seeing like edible companies being sold for like 300 million right now. And you have all these like, think about dope magazine, if, you know, being bought for, I think 13 million. Uh, that's not a lot. And they were in a lot of States. This other edibles company that's only in five or six States got sold for 300 million when a magazine is in, you know, dozens, two dozen States and they only get sold for a fraction of that. So, um, kind of makes you, makes you think about what some people are doing, uh, what they're focusing on and spending time on, uh, because, uh, you know, stupid money is only going to be around so long until it comes back down to, to normal. So this is your opportunity. This is your exit. Uh, if you've been doing it for a while and if not, um, you know, don't go towards edibles. Cause that's, that deal is not always going to be there. I kind of think outside the box, but, um, There's $7.6 billion transactions in Ireland for biopharma when uh, Jazz Pharmaceuticals bought um, GW Pharma. So that was a big kind of, oh, I guess everyone's getting into the industry. And we already knew, right? I mean, it's kind of an obvious what's been happening, but Tilray and Afria mega mergers, uh, that was $7.6 billion, I guess, for between that combined market cap. Canopy growth, um, still slightly larger with $8.7 billion market cap, um, announcing its four point, or $435 million acquisition of Supreme Cannabis in Canada, which I'm not sure that valuation is going to hold, but we'll see. True Leave acquisition of uh, Harvest Health um, there in 11 states. 22 cultivation facilities and 126 dispensaries Cureleaf acquired uh EMMAC Life Sciences for 286 million in stock and cash so a lot of stuff British American Tobacco 177 million dollar deal for 20% of Canada's organogram Altria um right and Kronos Group in 2019 I mean, writing's on the wall. It's, it's, it's here. It's going to be big cannabis uh, before you know it. 70 countries around the world have legalized some form of cannabis from medical use, with 26 of those providing medical patients with legal access to high THC cannabis. Worldwide, you've got 10 countries that have legalized cannabis for adult use, six adopting a system for regulated distribution. Uh, definitely is not going to get that back in the bottle. So... People are are waking up to the fact that this is going to be a huge industry with um, global sales projected to be 51 billion by 2025. 16% CAGR, that's compounding annual growth rate. So looking at the legal markets, uh, high THC cannabis sales totaled 23.7 billion in 2020. Uh, looks like adult use states in the U.S. alone accounting for 20 billion or 86% of that. Medical sales in the U.S. didn't fare too bad. It was over $20 billion in 2020. It was 10 times the amount of any other legal spending seen in any other legal country. Canada, the world's second country, um, was the first G7 nation to do so. They saw over $2 billion of high THC cannabis sold. Uh, and then the highest rates for social acceptance for cannabis use and in countries with legal sales were um, considerably smaller. Germany, which allows insurance reimbursements for medical cannabis patients, had the largest legal medical program in Europe, uh, estimated at 206 million. So nothing, nothing by comparison. Spain doesn't even have a federally regulated program for cannabis, so it's kind of a autonomous. Cannabis clubs in Spain have kind of popped up um, that's probably where you get a lot of the stuff. I know in um, Canada, you can do the same thing and go into a cannabis cafe and somebody's got something. Uh, so it looks like Spain, they, they're estimated to have around 431 million in 2019, um, close to the third largest national market behind the US and Canada. So globally, medical cannabis has been kind of the main driver of legalization, but most of the time, once you have regulation or legalization, the medical programs just kind of go to the wayside. Uh, in Europe, they've kind of taken a pharmaceutical approach. South America, they've, some of those countries have done similar uh, pharmaceutical approaches. Um, Latin America, trying to get medical staff and doctors to promote that uh, a little bit more. So, four point four medical, four point four million active medical cannabis patients globally. So, a number of patients in the programs are suspe- is projected to grow by more than two million over the next five years to six point five million worldwide by two thousand and twenty-five. And then, when ranked by density or saturation, looks like Puerto Rico uh, highest registered rate of participation with three point nine percent of its population enrolled. Um, It's modeled after the more openly accessible programs in the US, where patients can register for a wide variety of reasons. And I'm going to jump into Puerto Rico because it's one of the more interesting markets in the world. Puerto Rico is the only place in the US that uh, as an American, you can go and not be forced to pay federal taxes. So if you are crypto or uh, anything, really, you can go to Puerto Rico. Um, Difference is if you go anywhere in the world, you're you are uh, you have an, a foreign income tax exclusion up to $140,000. Beyond that, you have to pay the federal government. But uh, you know, if you want to vote with your dollars or for whatever reason, uh, you don't want to pay the federal government. you can. Go, the only place you can go is Puerto Rico because uh, they don't have congressional representation. You can't have taxation without representation. So Puerto Rico is the only place you can go as an American and not be forced, not pay... Um, you know, uh, federal income tax. So want to take a look at their program because, uh, for someone in California doing the same thing, when you have federal legalization, you're going to have to, um, make 37% more in California than someone in Puerto Rico doing the same exact thing. Yes, Puerto Rico has transportation issues and higher costs, but at the bottom, you know, at the end of the day, bottom line, Puerto Rico is going to make way more money than anybody else in the United States because of that one aspect. So legal sales are projected to be at least double that of medical by 2025. I would think it's going to be medical is going to be a lot lower than that. I think it's the on-ramp over the next few years is going to be dramatic and medical will just fall off to the wayside. But um, We see 10 countries in the world that have approved cannabis for adult use only six have adopted systems for regulated distribution of high THC the Netherlands and Spain have adopted decriminalized club and social use model and others like South Africa, Jamaica, decriminalizing cannabis for adult use but only through restricted access for certain demographics or religions, like the Rastafarian community, or legalized adult use programs without a framework for distribution or consumers. and that's the way that, that uh, Amsterdam was for a long time. Like the, you know, cannabis just came out of nowhere. You weren't allowed to actually get it and distribute it. It just showed up. So a total of four legally f- uh, operating adult use cannabis markets as of 2020. Um, so U.S. and Canada is the dominant, but you got Uruguay, uh, the world's first country to fully legalize. They've only sold 1,700 kilograms of high THC cannabis to, um, clubs, while Netherlands has sold 104 million, uh, through its network of retail coffee shops. So the estimate for the global spending is about 415 billion, uh, in 2020 annual spend projected to climb to 496 billion by 2025. Um, and we don't even see like total federal legalization. So, um, 94% of all of the 2020 spending on high THC cannabis was unregulated Asia at 45% of the world's largest market followed by North America. And then Europe at 20% Asia is dominance due to the overall size of the region, home to 60% of the world's population. Uh, I get a ton of viewership for the talking hedge in India. So shout out to you guys. Um, a lot of people are listening over there. So I'm assuming you guys are anticipating hemp and CBD and uh, cannabis legalization. You're trying to figure out uh, how to do it and what's happening. So appreciate you guys listening. So moving on from my uh, total cannabis sales countries with the highest consumer spend on uh, high THC is China 123 million. So when I was working with the world trade center to develop their online e-commerce platform called the export store specifically for CBD companies uh, here in Washington state, um, China had reached out to an attorney I know in, in Oregon looking for their excess cannabis. So I don't know really much about what's going on over there, uh, what they're doing, but I find it fascinating that, um, they're where they're at. And in, in India, t- 21.6 million uh, spending on high THC cannabis. So consumers are, are out there in, in places I wouldn't have anticipated, um, like China and India. So good on you. Estimated value of spending by all consumers in 2020, Asia dominated because, again, so many folks between India and China alone, 45% of the overall market. Pretty crazy. Whereas Latin America, uh, practically a third of Africa. That's really surprising. So I guess not so much because of the, the perceived um, you know, violence associated with marijuana in, in places like Mexico and, and Latin America, Honduras and other, other places. Only 1% in the Caribbean. That's really surprising or, or not surprising, but interesting. Uh, 268 million global estimated number of people who consume cannabis at least once in 2020. If you're looking for a little arbitrage opportunity, you can buy in Africa for $3 and sell in, um, Oceana. That's Australia, New Zealand for $15 per gram. I think in the U S you can take it from Seattle to New York. That's your best arbitrage opportunity right now. Um, so this is a pretty good report. I'll put a link in the show notes cause they've got so many things going on, but, um, maybe this is a good point to, to take a look at, uh, at Puerto Rico and kind of give you guys, a, a, an an idea or a glimpse relative to North America, 368 million cannabis consumers are almost 50 million spending on oh, almost 93 billion. Let's take a look at, uh, at, Puerto Rico and what's happening down here. So medical sales in Puerto Rico, uh, since 2015, um, Qualifying conditions, I I think, are fairly long. Um, I think it's difficult to get. I think there's a lot of cannabis shops uh, or dispensaries rather down there. And you can get a lot of different products. 3.1 million people on that island. 172,000 consumers spending $229 million um, with an average price per gram of only $5.50. I hope it's good. 118 thousand medical patients um looks like two hundred seventy-seven thousand was the legal sales is their expectation in 2025 is 220 277 million so puerto rico interesting spot especially if you're an american uh, business person or individual looking to uh, relocate somewhere warm this is a 120-page report, so I'm just going to cut straight to the key takeaways. Again, leaving the link in the description. Uh, you can look at a, quite a few different countries and their reports and what's happening. Um, and again, uh, New Frontier data goes into all kinds of stuff about consumers' use of flour and non-flour, um, the share of legal cannabis sales by product category, all of all of this information information. Um, you know, and, and you can do with what you will. But here's some key takeaways. Mm-hmm. Consumers are spending about $415 billion annually, um, which is a huge uh, impact. So that's about a half a trillion dollars worldwide. Uh, a lot of it is unregulated for now. But again, uh, they're going to want that money. So once they get the, the go-ahead from other countries to not get tariffs or, you know, blocks, uh, on commodities like tariffs, then they'll have the green light move forward. So spending um, is is only going to be going up, especially in states. Once you can cross the U.S. and, and go against different states, you're going to see a lot more beverages. Because if you look at the traditionally, there's just regional beverages and we just don't have uh, infused coffee anywhere. And um, I mean, you do in some markets like Portland, but not in Seattle. So we're going to see a lot of transition from the illicit to legal as prices kind of keep coming down. You see $19 ounces in, in Oregon. We were just doing reports right now on the impacts on pricing coming way down at the wholesale and retail levels. That'll continue to create a consolidation in the market uh, over time. Uh, and, you know that'll create big cannabis, unfortunately, and from the ashes will rise some some pretty good cultivars and companies. But it's going to be a pretty rough process. I think everybody already knew that, uh, but still, the reality is going to be pretty tough. You got 268 million consumers in the meantime looking for something consistent, um, uh, you know, and and available and and good. Uh, and they'll probably settle for the equivalent of a Budweiser, whatever, but um, you need some better friends <laughs> to teach you about terpenes and, and better cultivars and, and brands. Um, so consumption, I think we're going to start to see more cafes. The report doesn't really talk about cafes necessarily, but I think that's kind of the heart and window and soul to the community. And so that'll be um, a big part of where I think people will consume um, and learn about New, new brands, techniques, um, you know, rituals. <laughs> we'll see some, um, a, a lot more uh, products and demos and educational uh, groups and, you know, yoga, whatever. There's just be a lot of things where it'll be in the public's eye and, and not uh, so um, stereotyped. A third of the nations have already passed some form of legalization. Uh, most are fairly restrictive. You have um, across all legal country markets, sales of high THC cannabis, about 24 billion. Sales are gonna be double that, 50 billion by 2025. North America is gonna be the global epicenter. California, fifth largest GDP in the world is gonna be the epicenter of that. So if you really wanna narrow down where you're at, Uh, that's where you want to go. There's an interesting use case study in this report on Oklahoma having 7,500 licenses. I think I've already mentioned on the podcast that I turned down a a $30 million budget to go into Oklahoma and work in that market, but I'm not interested in, in trying to find a, you know, diamond in the rough, if you will. It's a lot of licenses and it's better suited for somebody who's on the ground. Um, so I don't know who the equivalent of the talking hedge is in, in Oklahoma, but uh, I wasn't interested in, in digging that guy out of a hole because I'm pretty sure he's going to lose all of his money trying to figure out who's good in that market. And he doesn't have a clue, um, but there's, <laughs> back to the, the report, 4.4 million patients registered in medical cannabis it's going to reach $7 million by 2025. I think medical is just going to be out the window. Maybe you'll get tax-free. Maybe you'll get reimbursed by, by insurance. But that, that whole idea of the industry being medical when it's really nothing like that, like you're just going to buy and get reimbursed or not. So pain-related conditions uh, are a big segment. Um, maybe an opportunity for medical, but uh, more than one fifth of the global population suffers from pain. How are you going to do that when the FDA doesn't allow you to claim anything? So um, that's why big cannabis might come in and and have these uh, patents and the only ones who can make these, these claims, I don't know, we'll see. Um, we are seeing global cannabis trades. It's limited, but the, around the world there are some countries that are kind of trying to get that early mover advantages and, um, and trade internationally. Like I mentioned, um, Afghanistan. So the Taliban initiates initiated trade with Germany, uh, Colombia, Peru. Um, some of these other companies too are, are driving that. Um, trying to be low-cost suppliers, Colombia. Uh, You just think about coffee, you got low cost of labor and and perfect favorable climates for cultivation. So all of the the investment for global expansion kind of focusing on um, other commodities, agricultural commodities like coffee in places like Colombia and Peru. You see rapid expansion of production capacity in export focused markets, the supply chain. Um, for import markets is slower than expected, but the emerging global cannabis economy is going to see some opportunities, complex regulations, uh, immature supply chains, nascent consumer markets, and disruptive emerging trends are going to be um, increasing risks, uh, and those will be ironed out eventually with enough, um, enough capital. Washington State, you know, we just did a, a podcasts on how bumpy the rollout is from every other you know, tech rollout. And when you're trying to build something from scratch, inevitably, it's going to have its bumpy rollouts. A lot of people wanted to push through the I-502 bill that's a legalization in Washington State and then say, fix it later. And you just get all that whole mentality of do it now, fix it later. Um, and that's kind of what we're, we're dealing with in this industry is um, a lot of, of headache (laughs) ups and downs and hurry up and wait. Uh, but yeah, we'll get there eventually. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is the talking hedge. Don't forget to like share and subscribe or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got.